Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health save. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Mehran Talepinejad. He's the CEO at NeuroCore. He is a biomedical engineer with advanced entrepreneurial skills that led him to be named as one of Invest Ottawa's National Capital Region's 100 Rising Star CEOs in 2012. In 2014, they designated him the title of Honorary Rising Star CEO for the advancement of his company, NeuroCore, founded in 2012, along with his colleague, Adrian D.C. Chan. He has created partnerships with investors, universities, and medical facilities that have helped him and his partners raise significant capital funds. He remains as effective in a business setting as he does in practice and research. As a hands-on CEO, Mehran aims for giant leaps and breakthroughs in the growth of his research, which centers in magnetic neuromodulation for the benefit of improving a patient's life. This provides a high reward, both within the scope of the company as well as with patient care. Creating his own company has allowed him to execute his own visions and ideas while experiencing humility and an immense satisfaction as he's able to witness patients move into remission after having suffered from devastating chronic disorders. It's a true pleasure and privilege to host him on the podcast here today. And with that, I open the mic to him, Miran, to uh, fill in any of the blanks in the uh, intro that I may have missed. Miran, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was a great intro. That's me. <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Miran, tell us what made you get into the health sector? I came into the health sector from neurosciences. I was fascinated with the brain, as you mentioned in the introduction, and that basically led me to studying biomedical engineering. And I remember at the final days of my PhD studies, getting into my postdoctoral studies at McGill University in Montreal, I remember we have so many interesting, potentially important tools in neuroscience. And on the other hand, we have so many people who are suffering from different neurobehavioral conditions. And there is this gap in between. Researchers are talking about cool things and great potential. On the other hand, patients are suffering. And I think it was my calling to bridge the two, bring some of the tools we have in neuroscience in order to actually address the real clinical needs of patients who are suffering. I didn't plan to come into the medical sector, but basically 
attraction to the brain, interest in the brain, and experimental neuroscience brought me from non-human primate experimentation to actual clinical setting to be able to help help patients who are suffering from different neurobehavioral conditions. A fascinating story and an uh, interesting way that those two paths crossed. So what would you say, Miran, is, is something that needs to be on health leaders' agenda today, and how are you and your company approaching it? Today, believe it or not, we have a very evidence-based and advanced medical sciences in internal medicine. But brain sciences, and especially behavioral sciences, are kind of remote from internal medicine. I think it's very important for our leaders to, again, bridge the gap between internal medicine, brain sciences, behavioral sciences, because in this day and age, behavioral conditions, I'm I'm consciously avoiding mental health, but in general, brain health is a huge, huge issue. And unfortunately, it's a remote from internal medicine that we have had great progress in diagnosis and treatment of different types of cancers and different types of non-brain-related disorders and conditions based on evidence, based on science. But unfortunately, with the brain, we have limited access to the brain, obviously. And I think leaders must really take seriously bridging this gap between brain health and internal medicine so that we have access to effective treatment and effective diagnosis like other areas of medicine with with brain health as well. Well, I think it's becoming a theme, Mehran, and, and, you know, more and more people are starting to have an awakening as it relates to a focus on brain health, mental health, and and really the brain as they're trying to figure out a way to to understand the, the health of it. So I'd love to hear from you what you and your team are doing that's different and how it's creating better outcomes. Sure. Most treatments for behavioral conditions, brain health conditions today, start with their first line of therapy in cognitive behavioral therapy or some form of talk therapy. Because conventionally, historically, the easiest way to interface with the brain is to basically talk to someone. And that's great, and that's very effective in certain conditions. However, it could also have a lot of limitations in certain other conditions. So when we started our work, we had a platform which was basically applicable to a range of different neurobehavioral disorders or conditions. In 2010, I remember while we were exploring where we can apply this platform and where we can have the most impact in terms of helping patients. Something happened in my life which was very life-changing. That is, a 14-year-old girl, Darren Richardson, in Ottawa, Ontario, took her life. And that was a very... I've heard of suicide before that, but Mm -hmm. to see somebody I know in the public eye took her life when she was 14 years old, coming from a prominent family who didn't have any financial issues, having parents who are very cultured people, very intellectual people. I realized suicidality, suicidal behavior, suicidal ideation, in children especially, is a huge problem that we have a long way to go. And basically, 
I remember for my own research, I went to the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario in our town. And I asked them, what do you do when somebody like Darren comes in here and basically they're telling you they are, they are, they are suicidal, they might hurt themselves, or their parents bring them in. And the answer was talk therapy. The answer was we're going to talk to them and we'll try to make them feel better. Maybe we might give them some medication, namely SSRIs or SNRIs that have been around for decades. But in general, a fraction of them get satisfactory results, and most of them end up coming back to the same emergency room, or in this case, Darren Richardson, who failed cognitive behavioral therapy, who failed preliminary first line, second line of therapy medication, remained suicidal, and then at the end of the day, took her life. And that was a very big problem that I talked to my team, I talked to my co-founder, Dr. Adrian Chan. And we really decided to address this issue because we realized there are not many people who are talking about suicidality in children. There is this social stigma, and it's a real problem because if you say somebody who's 14 years old, you are basically saving a couple of 10 years of potentially productive life for these people. And you're also helping with the family and, and, and basically many friends around somebody, a child, a 14-year-old, to come out of that nightmare of having their loved ones being suicidal. So we, we said, you know what, we're going to do this differently. We are going to provide a treatment for those who have no other option. And they, they do have an option. In most cases, when you have treatment-resistant depression in, in children and in people who are basically showing intractable suicidal behavior, very hard to control suicidal behavior. In those cases, electroshock therapy or electroconvulsive therapy is the next option. But believe it or not, many, many patients reject that. Many parents reject electroshock therapy for their children, especially because in most children, brain development might be affected. And, and that electroshock therapy, also known as electroconvulsive therapy, has very severe cognitive side effects, such as memory loss. And it's a no-no for children. So we decided to do it differently. We decided to take our platform, which is basically an alternative for electroshock therapy using electromagnetic waves, and really focus, really focus on this problem. And that has been what we've been doing since 2010. In the last nine years, we've been laser-focused on treatment of children who have no other option and basically are exhibiting suicidal behavior, if you don't watch them for a minute, they might commit suicide. And believe it or not, when, when we started this issue nine years ago in Canada, and when you look at the stats in North America, including Canada and the U.S., despite all efforts in the last couple of decades to reduce suicide, the rate of suicide is on the rise. We have had increased rate of suicide in 49 states in the U.S. And are, are increasing by double digits since 90s. And the issue, again, we identified is we, we have access to limited treatment options. Again, we are limited to certain medications, talk therapy, and options like electroshock therapy, which is a no-no for many patients. 
And clinical outcomes are generally disappointing. And we decided to do it in a different way, focused on a problem that pretty much no one else is focused on. And take what we have in neuroscience and really, really focus and capitalize in terms of making this a practical solution for those who really need it. And so that you understand the dimensions of this problem, you approximately have 45 million children in the U.S. aging between 12 to, to 19. And within this 45 million children within 12 to 19, 17.7% of them consider suicide every year. That's a number from CDC, which is staggering. Almost 20%, almost one in five children consider suicide. Almost 8.6% of them attempt suicide. That is approximately one in 10 children in the U.S. in the year 2019 attempt suicide. And approximately 1.5 million of them, or around 3% of them, end up in the emergency room needing medical attention, which is unacceptable. Those numbers are staggering. This problem is unacceptable. Believe it or not, it's increasing. The suicide rate is on the rise. And we think we're doing something different as compared to conventional treatment options to address this issue. So, Mehran, definitely appreciate the walkthrough here and in summing up the problem. What are you and your company doing that's different, that's working better? So, magnetic brain stimulation has been around for a couple of decades now. Basically, I, to my understanding, in the 1980s, a group of scientists at the University of Sheffield in UK, they invented this type of neuromodulation. That is, they, they realized electroshock therapy that has been around for more than 100 years is a very effective treatment for the brain. That is, in the brain, you have neural circuits. And if you apply electrical currents to those circuits, you could manipulate connectivity between these circuits and basically, in other words, rewire brain circuits. So you're doing brain in, stimulation. and Exactly. That, rather than talking, you're doing a physical stimulation. Absolutely. We are okay. using energy, outside energy to do it. And this is not new. This has been around sure. for many years. Okay. What we're doing differently is we have invented new electromagnetic waveforms that are evidence-based based on the studies Dr. Adrian Chan and I had in the last 15 years. We have come up with a new form of electromagnetic waveform, which has faster and longer-lasting neural effects in the brain. Long story short, with electroshock therapy, you apply currents to the brain, you trigger seizure, and it has some therapeutic applications. With electromagnetic waveform, we can do the same job in a few millimeters of the brain without triggering seizure and convulsion, without systemic side effects. However, electromagnetic waveforms that was used in 1980, and believe it or not, we're still using them today in, in 2019, have a slow and very short-lasting effect on the brain. Chasing point, magnetic brain stimulation is not as effective as electroshock therapy. Today, in 2019, electroshock therapy is still the gold standard for non-drug treatment of depression and many other brain conditions. 
What we have is a new form of magnetic brain stimulation, which is enjoying advantages of this type of therapy, this type of brain stimulation, that is, it doesn't have any systemic side, it doesn't trigger convulsion or seizure. Meanwhile, we can achieve very effective therapeutic results in patients. We installed our first unit in 2015 at University of Ottawa in Ontario, Canada. And since then, we have completed a phase one clinical study and a phase one clinical, a phase two clinical study where we showed patients who've been treatment resistant, who failed medication, who failed psychotherapy, who have no other option other than electroshock therapy or surgery in order to do deep brain stimulation, can come in, get a non-invasive treatment, which doesn't require anesthetics, which doesn't have systemic side effects, and they can get very, very, I would say, great results from this treatment. And right now what we are doing is basically we are, we are expanding our clinical studies to provide more evidence to FDA and have this treatment as a mainstream treatment within hospitals, especially within children's hospitals this doctor. Well, super fascinating and, and definitely congratulations on the work. For the listeners wanting to learn more, where can they go, get more information or contact you? Well, we are an emerging company. Uh, we've been around for more than seven years, but we still we are we are considered an emerging company. Many of the studies we have done are in publication, so I'll be happy to tell you there will be publications in peer-reviewed journals very soon, summarizing our clinical evidence. Meanwhile, neurocore.com is always a good good place to get their latest in terms of what we're doing. And yes, so I would ask people to check out our website and also communicate with our team. Uh, Feel free to send an email to info at neurocore.com. And we have many patients who come in, ask specific questions, and we try to communicate with them as much as we can. Well, it's been a, a certainly very interesting to hear your thoughts on, on this area of cognitive behavioral therapy through different methods. And, uh, and so I'd love if you could just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could uh, continue the discussion with you. I think it's very important in this day and age for people to communicate their brain concerns with their loved ones, with their support system, with their doctors, whoever it is they're comfortable speaking to. And I think we are at a point where we have to be shameless when it comes to our health, when it comes to our brain health. Don't mind the socialistic mind. Really communicate with people and seek help. And the good news is if you identify your issues earlier, it's always easier to address them. So as the last word here, I, I really recommend teenagers, people who are aging between 12 to 19, who feel sad, who might feel depressed, who might have, basically, who might be thinking about dark places, to find a support system, to speak out, to seek therapy, and not to be ashamed of it. And basically, it's about people who see other people with this type of issues too reach out to them, be a friend. In this day and age, with, with everything that is happening, with cell phones and social media and 
all this craziness around us. We need to be more human. We need to be supporting each other. And it is a shame for North America to have double digit rise in their suicidal rates, especially in children who are our future, who are going to basically be important for everybody down the road in 10, 20. If that makes sense, please, please do it. Uh, it's a great call out, Mehran, and uh, definitely uh, a problem that needs resolving. Folks, uh, for further discussion and information, check out the website, go to outcomesrocket.health, and in the search bar, type in Mehran, that's M-E-H-R-A-N, or type in Neurocore, that's N-E-U-R-O-Q-O-R-E, and uh, you'll see the entire transcript as well as links to connect with Mehran and, and the work that he and his team are up to. But with that, I just want to say a big thank you to you, Mehran, for walking us through this very important topic and, and the work that you and your team are doing. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Paul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.